can't build wealth and have dumb, poor conversations. Some conversations you just got to admit yourself from. You got to excuse yourself from. I don't have time to convince you of the obvious. Don't have time to convince you of something that makes sense because I can give you the most thorough, thought out arguments and you're still going to disagree. I don't got time for it no more. Hey. We got context that some people back in the 90s and early 2000s, you had to go to a country club or some like expensive networking event to do that. Now you just got to be a winner. You just got to be someone right. that's willing to do the work and get involved. And we notice each other and we're, we naturally come together. Tweet Talk episode 118. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megana himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. This is your host, Raphael Husbands. Episode Omicron, man. <laughs> Episode Omicron. So man, a lot of people, a lot of people have been getting Omicron. It's out there, man. It is out there. Just like our guest tonight, Mr. George Pitts, a.k.a. Mr. Monetize Everything. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? What's going on? And like I said, I am Raphael, your host, along with my co-host, Charles Oglesby, the third JD, a.k.a. Todd Millionaire, as he's more well-known on social media. And this is Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast, where we break down financial tweets and talk about building black wealth. And tonight, like I um, said, hmm? there was a lag for me for a second, but I think we have to dwell on the name monetize everything because I think that's so powerful. We're seeing 20 people who are monetizing literally everything they touch. And so I think that's such a cool name. I thought I, I kind of wanted that name for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, it's funny. Um, that's what, uh, you know, my tagline was always monetize everything. And so when uh, w- when I would go into rooms or when I would be in uh, stuff, people would be like, yeah, this is George Pitts. I call him Mr. Monetize Everything. And so it was always something that kind of stuck. But when I lost my account, which was Mr. George Pitts on Instagram, this was obviously the, the next obvious thing. So uh, I ended up creating, uh, you know, a third account because my second one, it got banned the next day. Whenever I put, hey, this is my new account. It was like George Pitt's company or something like that. They banned it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then I had to start over and I was like, I need to come up with a good one. And Hold on. So they took they took your Twitter or they took your Instagram? They took my Instagram. Okay. Man, yeah. Facebook don't be playing, man. They took my Instagram and my Facebook page and my personal Facebook account and my ads account. They took everything. But you were paying them money to run ads and they took money. They're like, nah. Pixel everything gone. Gone. That's crazy. Yeah. When was this? This was in May. This was uh two days before my wife's birthday. So it was May 9th. May of 20, 2021. 20, 2021. Damn, that's relatively recent. But you got it back, or you didn't get it back. You built it back. Right, right. Built it back stronger. Yeah, yeah. Because these these social networks, man, they make it seem like we don't got the power. Because that's the same thing that happened to me. I lost my Twitter. I had like 9,000 followers on Twitter. I thought it was the man with 9,000 followers. And now I'm cranking on damn near 38 grand, 38.7 thousand followers. I have 30,000 more followers on Twitter than I had before. That's kind of crazy. Yes. These social media has never loved us. 
They're not loyal. They're not loyal. <laughs> They're not loyal. So what's going on, Raphael? Yeah, man. Another episode. Another episode. And so, George, let the people know why you're known as Mister Monetize Everything. Man, you know it's uh, it's funny because, like I said, it started with my tagline, "Monetize Everything." And what it was was, you know, everything that I taught. You know, people were like, "How do you know all this stuff?" And I just remember I say because I monetize everything. Because I started off being known as the eBay guy, you know, because I had an eBay store. I was selling on eBay. That was my first course that I did. Um, and then the second course was on drop shipping, e-commerce, different things like that. And then, um, you know, I went into teaching people how to build uh, WordPress websites and how to reach out to people at the time on Craigslist when it was popping and how to reach out to the services people offering them website services. And they just always ask me, like, how do you know all this stuff? And I just I remember I just said, because I, I monetize everything like I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my money and it just kind of grew from there. So uh, whenever people would introduce me or they would uh, see me, they'd be like, what's up, George? But that's Mr. Monetize Everything to me before it was even my name. And so whenever I lost my account, I guess it was the best time to go ahead and and rebrand and go with that. And it's, it's, it's been way better in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So how you said some of you were supposed to be making internet money in 2020 and here we are in 2022 and you still thinking about it. I like that tweet, <laughs> man. You know, it's, it, it, it's one of those things, man, that I, I had that tweet because I kept outside of even just the ones that like show up in my comments, but I'll read some other people's comments when they're posting something that they're offering. And you got those people like, man, I really need to do that. I need to, you know, I really need to do, I need to create a course or I need to get into options or I need to get into real estate. You always got those people. And then, you know, one of us will be like, well, yeah, you should do it. Like you get into it. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. And it's just like, how long have you been thinking about it? Like you, you've been like, someone will in the same sentence say, I've been thinking about getting into real estate for so long. Like I'm ready to get into real estate. I've been thinking about starting my own business since I was in grade school. And then when they get presented with an opportunity, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I need to think about it. It's like, you said you've been wanting to do this since grade school. So you've been thinking about it for 30 years and you need to think about it for a couple more hours. Like what's, what's the deal? You know what I'm saying? And it's just, 2020 to me was an opportunity for everyone to go out and get the bag. And you have people that aggressively did it, including myself, including Charles and so many other people, because we saw an opportunity. We all got sent home. So now we have all this time. now. We didn't have that eight hours occupied anymore. And we could like go after what we wanted. And so you had people that just like they're getting the stimulus money and they're doing everything. But and you had us like, yo, it's my time. We're how much is an ad? Oh, it's hundred dollars. Boom, PayPal. I'm sending it to you. How much is that on your pay? Boom. We 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 stimulating all right, and like we just <laughs> went for it. And you know the reason I said people in 2020 should have did it because 2020 to me was like an all time high. Like you could you it, it, you could have came out with a book on how to teach your kids how to poop in the toilet, and people were gonna buy it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people really fumbled in 2020, in my opinion. And like, here we are in 2020, you had a whole year to see like how many people retired, left corporate, retired their moms, did some dope stuff, bought Mercedes and homes and real estate. You saw all of us do all this in like one year and here, and then you saw us do it again and duplicate that it wasn't a fluff. We can't, we even did it harder in 2021 and here we are in 2022 and people are still thinking about it. And it's just, it's like, 
some people they just can't go, man. Some people can't go. Yeah. Mm. It's uh <clears throat> so I created an underground, underground top secret group of people who do things. And you can only be a part of this group if you do things. And um, I still have some invites to send out. So if you haven't gotten an invite, it's not because I didn't want to invite you. I just, I got to get my systems in process. We meet once a quarter. But one of the things that I'm trying to do is I've just noticed that you have like the thinkers, you have the doers. And usually those two aren't the same person. Um, Not to say that people who are doing are thinking because we're definitely thinking but it's kind of tough to think so far ahead of your action because it's a lot easier to act than it is to do. It takes a lot of time to think. That's why thinking is really hard. And so thinking can slow you down. Thinking can have you on the sideline for a year, two years, thinking you're going to get to the solution when you're probably not going to get to the solution if you're just sitting there pondering what you need to do and trying to think through all the steps. And so what's important is to have an inclination towards action and successful people are inclined toward action. So that's what I'm always trying to push people in the mastermind to do is I don't care if one person showed up to your webinar because the act of promoting a webinar is part of your business. The act of promoting your webinar makes you a credible source. The act of creating that flyer, doing something, doing the things around your business that make it a complete business is the business. It's not just sales. It's the fact that you took the time to put yourself on this professional looking flyer that then gives you credibility, then gives people who want to buy into you, then helps you get more leads into your funnel. Even if they don't actually show up to the webinar, they still become a lead in your funnel. And so that's the action. The action gets you closer to your goal. F the goal. All I care about is if you're taking action, if you're doing things, if you're trying things, because the person who is thinking isn't going to put the book on learning how to poop. But the person who was doing did. And the person who did made six figures by teaching people how to poop in a bowl. But the other person's like, nobody's going to buy that book. Why would they buy that book? Everybody knows how to poop. And they thought all the reasons why it can't work. They thought of all the reasons why they shouldn't do it. Why they should wait. Why now is not the right time. And they're just thinking themselves out of the money. And a lot of it comes from working in corporate. We've worked in corporate where you had to have everything, all your eyes, all your eyes dotted, all your T's crossed. And you got people still looking over your shoulder saying it's not right. And so that's what we do to ourselves in business is we're like, damn, like I've I've even seen like Jane Esquire. She's like, man, when she sends a brief out, like a legal brief and that and the partner actually just sends it to the to the client without any review, she feels accomplished. This girl makes multiple six figures, has been an attorney for multiple years, and the jobs will still feel like make you feel like you're not good enough. And people take that same thing, they take it to the open market. And that's why then I get no money. But what I realized is I used to work for a firm and I realized the dude at the top didn't know nothing. The only thing that made him different than us is he invested millions in marketing. That's all he did. They would fuck up lawsuits. They would mess up all <laughs> kind of stuff. But when you start to realize like messing up lawsuits is a part of the game. When you're an associate, you think that everything has to be perfect. But when you go high level, you start realizing like, man, they criticize me, but they make all kinds of mistakes. But when they make mistakes, we just kind of sweep it under the rug. It's not a big deal. When I make mistakes, I'm damn near out the door. And so we have to recondition our mind to think like the man at the top of the food chain, to think like the doer, to think like the entrepreneur, the risk taker, the person who's willing to do things that have not yet been done that might not be perfect and can open ourselves up to criticism, but can also open ourselves up to applause. Absolutely. Yeah. So George, um, so you were saying earlier when you were in the mastermind call that you know you had a nice job because you made good money, and it made me think of this tweet that Charles had. He said they're going to call you crazy when you leave that good job because you know your true value. 
So tell us what what was it for you that that got you out of the job, man? What made you leave? So for me, it was uh, you know it was being overworked. Um, there was a guy that left earlier in the year, and uh, when he left, I, I took you know I had taken on a lot of those responsibilities, but I didn't apply for his job because I didn't want that job because I didn't want those responsibilities. But I got those responsibilities and kept my job and salary. Mm. So uh, that was the biggest part for me um, was because I was just like, you know what, this is stressing me out. It's causing me to, you know, just like stress, lose sleep, drink, all this other stuff. And I'm like, this ain't worth it. Um, It was still very flexible, still had a really cool boss, like, a you know, remote, all that kind of stuff. But it just wasn't worth it. And when you're looking at it and you're like, okay, this is what I make in a month, which is really good. But. I can make that in a couple of days. And if I had that eight hours back, I could make that every day. And it was it was a no brainer for me at that point. And so, um, you know, for for about a year, you know, really, I probably should have done it in 2020 uh, or not 2020, 2019. And I really should have done it early 2020, especially right before summer. But I just like kept hanging on to this thing. And then finally, at the end, it was just like, George, you just need to do it. And, and I did. And it's funny that you said what you said, because what Charles said, because that's what it was like. You're crazy. You're at the top of the food chain. You're a senior engineer. You make good money. You got good benefits. Why would you even put that at risk? It's like they don't even know the half of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm risking making more money by not doing this. But most people, right. they can't see that. You know what I'm saying? They just see what's on the surface. It's like I'm risking making more money over here than I do. The biggest risk is if I stay, but that's the part that people have to kind of make themselves see. You got to make yourself see what's the risk beyond just what you're losing. What's the risk of what you're risking that you potentially won't gain. And if you're able to do so much in four or five hours in an evening, imagine what you can do with eight hours during the day when you can really cook. And whenever I put that, that time in and got that time back, everything changed. Everything. And one of the things that I tell my mom is like when you're in business, what's really cool about it is a lot of times we'll see these large companies where they are now. And we don't realize like that was a process of continuous growth. So if year one, you market your business and you bring in 150 clients, cool. You have 150 clients as a base. Year two, you market your business and you get another 150 clients. You don't have 150 clients. You have 300 clients. Boom. That's year two. Year three, let's say you do the same thing. We're just going to keep the math simple. Another 150 clients. You don't have just 150 clients. You have 450 clients. Every year you grow. But I can't, I don't know if this is George who said it, but something along the lines of like, you work these jobs and they give you like a 3% increase on the year. And it's like, man, I did all that work for 3% increase. Entrepreneurship isn't like that. Entrepreneurship, you're not going to get 3% next year. You could do everything you did, but then double down on your efforts and you're continuing to grow. And so we look at these companies like Amazons and then Apples, and we don't realize that's a 30-year-old company. It's a 50-year-old company. Imagine where you can be if you just show up and you do the same thing over and over and over again every single year for 10 years. Where could you be if you reinvest your resources, if you continue to hire and scale up, you refine your processes? How large of a company can you grow? 
that you never have to go back and do that work again. That was one of the things that pushed me into entrepreneurship is on the job, I always just show up to make new money every single day. But in business, I bring in that customer once. That's my customer for life. For the most part, I bring in people who, who rock with me. I don't got to show up and bring in another person that, that next year. That's just my book of business. So that's one of the things I would say. Cool, cool, cool. For those coming in, welcome to Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P-O-D. Follow myself on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow our guest, George Pitts, at Mr. George Pitts on Twitter. Now, George, I kind of forgot to let the people know exactly who you are. So can you go through like your background a little bit? Let them know who you are and what you do and your social media. Man, my voice sucks right now, Raphael. But you know what? I'm going to still push through it because I'm a gangster. <laughs> 1K a day, I don't bang. I'm a gangster, Raphael. You need to know that about me. I hit you up last week. I was like, Raphael, let's record. You was like, nah. Why did you <laughs> want to record last week, Raphael? I'm still holding that against you. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. All right. Duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> so right Leaders before take we, action. Right before I lost you, George, I was saying... um, uh, let the people know who you are, what you do, and the social medias, where they can find you. Yeah, so uh, my name is George Pitts. As you can see behind me, I'm a business coach and strategist. Um, what I do is I teach coaches, content creators, and nine-to-five professionals how to turn their knowledge into profits with digital products and services. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Monetize Everything or on Twitter at Mr. George Pitts. Um, you can also find my website, MrGeorgePitts.com. It has my different courses and trainings and uh, all that kind of stuff, man. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, that's what I do. And, man, I love this. I love this online game because, like, like Charles will tell you, and you know, too, you, you know what I'm saying? You know, too, Raphael, is there's nothing like it. Mm. There's nothing like it. Overheads low. Opportunity is endless. No limit. No limitations on your your income. You've got so many ways to market. You don't have to use these big brand markets or crazy ads anymore. You know what I'm saying? You can leverage other people um, and the connections that you can make online. I mean, I was thinking about this today, man. We've all, if you think about it, we've created like our own virtual country club. When you got like <laughs> winners, you know what I'm saying? Think about it. You got like winners. We all like are connected. We got contacts that some people back in the 90s and early 2000s, you had to go to a country club or some like expensive networking event to do that. Now you just got to be a winner. You just got to be someone right. that's willing to do the work and get involved. And we notice each other and we we naturally come together. And like, I like it. it's, it's crazy, man, because when you think about it, we can pick up the phone and call someone and get a, a strategy in 15 minutes that can add five figures to our businesses that month. You know what really? I'm saying? And I think people just don't realize the opportunity that we live in. Like we're living in the biggest wealth transfer in the history of the world. We're living in the biggest opportunity, you know, time in the, in, in the world. Like literally many of us are like, millionaires we've got like trucking companies we've got real estate in other states we've got you know businesses here we've got teams all over the world and like i don't under i don't think people really understand the magnitude of the time that we're living in right now and you can literally learn this stuff for like a couple hundred dollars and you could literally be on your way but you got some people they're they're, they're more afraid to lose a couple hundred dollars then they are the opportunity to potentially make a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's where we're at right now. You've got people that are more scared to lose a couple hundred dollars than they are of the opportunity to potentially turn a few hundred dollars into a hundred, a couple hundred thousand dollars. 
So, so a lot of people are going to get left behind, but I tell you what, 10, 20 years from now, when those history books change and those social study, studies books change, you better believe what we're talking about and doing tonight is literally going to be in the books that our great, great, great grandkids will be studying in school. And literally you'll have some people like, yeah, I remember that. I remember at one point you could get into that stuff for like a couple hundred dollars. Cause we, we <laughs> think about how we think about when they say, yo, I remember when you used to be able to do this for a couple quarters and we used to be like, wow, you didn't do it. Just think like what a couple hundred dollars is going to look like 30, 40 years from now. People are going to be like, grandma, you didn't do it. Grandpa, what, what are you still, what do you mean you was thinking about it? What was there to think about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's how it's going to be, man. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. You had a tweet, George, where you said, I believe everyone has the capacity to be great at something they want to do. But the hard part is getting yourself to believe that you can be great at anything else other than what you currently do. You know what, what I meant by that statement is that, you know, I thought at one point I couldn't do better than what I was doing when I was in corporate. You know what I'm saying? I thought like as an engineer, this is I'm top tier. Like this is this is it. And then I had to change my mindset. And there's so many people right now, man, they're like in a cubicle. They're at home, even remote. And they don't realize that they could do something better than what they're currently doing. But they don't think that they can. So many people don't think that they can impact other people with what they know, what their story is. They don't think they can even go learn something that they can get a result from and then be able to do so many things. I see all these crazy posts, man. I don't want to call them crazy, but I see these posts. You're going to be the first millionaire in your family. And there'll be tons of people that like it, hundreds of comments. And it's just like, that's it. They don't go out and try to change anything. They don't go out. Uh, you're going to get $20,000 out of nowhere. I received it. That's for me. Affirmation of the day. And then they go to work and then they go to, you know what I'm saying? They're like, that's it. And it's just like, it's like, and I made a post one time that pissed some people off. I was like, in order for you to get $20,000 out of, out of nowhere, you got to put in the work first. You know, they didn't like that. Like, really? I think it's just supposed to be. What, what the F do you mean? Y'all always try to sell a course. I, I didn't even promote a course. <laughs> but people, they, they took it that way. And it's just like, so you really believe just because you like this post and you accommodated, affirmed that you're just going to get $20,000 out of nowhere. Okay. You know, and until people believe, man, that they've got something else bigger than answering the phones in a call center, you know what I'm saying? Getting cussed out for rules that you didn't even come up with. Because I worked in a call center for years. And um, they don't think that they that they bring something more to, to to the table than what you currently don't like to do. That's what you'll always be doing until you until you can understand that you've got more to bring to the table and your capacity is much more bigger. Mm, what do you say, Charles? Um, he, he pretty much wrapped it up. It's interesting. I don't I don't know. I don't really I don't know that I think about stuff like that sometimes. I don't know because like the way well, you I say this stuff all the time. Up, I was always just taught that I was great and I was destined for good, like great things. So I don't know. I don't really have much to say about that one. What were you going to say to Raphael? I was surprised because you always say like, you know, we all have uh, value that we can package and, and give to the world. You always say that kind yeah. of stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> um, I would say one cool thing that I saw on the internet today is uh, J.R. Lee. He posted a video and the video well, it was like a stream. It was like a carousel. And the first picture was Anthony Ruiz. I don't know if it was Anthony, but Ruiz, the dude who knocked out Anthony Joshua, yeah. holding the championship belts, right? And then the next picture was Anthony Joshua holding his own championship belts. 
And essentially what happened is the guy who was the contender told Anthony he wanted to take a picture holding his belt. And when he did it, that gave him the belief to know that he could go out there and he could obtain the belts himself. And I thought that was so powerful, especially in terms of me and Raphael, because we always talk about like taking pictures of cars or taking pictures in cars or taking pictures with watches and things like that. And it was just so cool because David, I forget, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, Imanate or something. He's really big on visualization and experiencing things and touching things and going out there and making it a part of your belief system to see it like on that level was really cool because it's something I believe in and I'm still trying to manifest some more stuff. So I'm trying to manifest the, the supercar, you know, that's my new <laughs> manifestation thing. And uh, it was just kind of cool knowing that like, I just taken a picture of me and like everything I'm doing now is kind of aimed at that. It's like, all right, now I'm constantly thinking like, what can I do to get this thing? What can I think do to get this thing? And so like, for me, that's what I do. I, I have so much belief in me and what I'm going to do that. I just, I know, I know it's possible for me. I don't even really know how to entertain the opposite thought. So it's tough for me like, to even really have that. I have, the, I have the belief for me. For other people, good luck, I guess. I don't know. Y'all be safe out there. George had a tweet that I wanted to, I wanted to make sure we don't skip past. Um, really important. It says, if you can get a client, if you can get a job, you can get a client. If you can sell your knowledge on a resume, you can sell your knowledge in a course from a landing page. You already play in the game. It's just one of them you decide to play. I think I said that right. Can you touch on that? Because Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I was, you know, I, I had a talk with a client that was struggling with that. And um, no, actually, it was my cousin. So my cousin was you know, she's really smart. And she had called me one night because uh, she didn't get this promotion that she's been trying to get for three years. They passed up on her three times. This time they hired someone on the outside, even though she was up for it all three times that they didn't work out for the first two people. And then the third one. And she just kept saying, I don't know what I could offer. I don't know what I could teach. And I'm telling her all this stuff she could do because, you know, she's got, she's, she's got a, a business degree and a legal degree. And one of the things I told her, I was like, look, if you can sell yourself on a resume, you can sell your knowledge on a sales page. If you can get a job, you can get a client. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just telling them, like, you, if a job is nothing more than a client. It's just that they decide how much they pay you. You know what I'm saying? And, and when I broke it down to her like that, she's like, I never thought about it like that. And she, she texts me like four or five times throughout the day telling me how much that impacted her. So I decided to tweet it. And it's, it's, it's really true. If you think about it, we, we put our resume, a resume is nothing more than a physical landing page. It's a physical sales page. That's all it is. Wow. And it's basically telling your employer who is your client, what they're going to get if they pay for your services at 65,000, 85,000, 90, whatever it is, that's all they're doing. So imagine if I'm an IT professional and I'm like, you're going to get someone that knows Linux. You're going to get someone that knows VMware. You're going to get someone that knows storage. What if I put that on a sales page? Like, this is what you're going to learn in my course. I'm going to teach you Linux. I'm going to teach you VMware. I'm going to teach you this. And once you learn it, you'll be able to go get a job that pays this. So click the link below to da 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 and go through it. But if you look and you see it, literally you're playing the same game. It's just you're deciding which, which part of the game that you're playing. Are you playing the part that you come up with the rules and you decide what all levels of how the game is going to be played is? Or are you playing the one that someone tells you what the rules are and they can change them on you at any time? There's nothing you can do about it. And that's what that was really for. And I got so many DMs from people on that one saying, man, I never I never thought about that. Like, I'm really going to consider this. 
But if you really think about it, that's what it is. If you if you're in a job and let's say that you're a social media manager for a company, you know what I'm saying? You can get a client. If, if you hired them and said, I can get your Instagram popping, I can get more engagement, I can get more followers, I can get more people to, to get on you guys' list so you can send them out those 10% coupons when they check out. I can do all that for you. You can put that on a sales page as a social media manager charging you know, $500 a month, you get 10 clients paying five grand versus you just had one that was paying you 3000 and they're giving you all this grief and you got to come into an office. Every <laughs> day. You know what I'm saying? You got to come into an office every day. You know, you can get, you can get these clients over here. You put the same thing. I can help your engagement get better. I can come up with your content, everything you put on your resume, you can put on a sales page and you just package it up. You put your, your price on it and you literally offer it. That's the world we're living in right now, but people aren't seeing it. Like that is literally the world we are living in right now. You can literally put something down and get a guaranteed $2,000 every two weeks before taxes. Or you could take that, take your disposable income for four to six months, build your virtual resume, build out your virtual brand. And at the end of that four to six months, you could literally be playing an entirely different game to where now you're deciding if you even want to play this one over here anymore. I think what's interesting and what I'm hearing is that we weren't really taught those skills. We were taught the skills of play small. We were taught how to write a resume. I'm pretty sure I learned how to write a resume in college. Yeah. We were taught the importance of interviewing. I think we learned how to interview for a job or interview for college, like while I was in school. And so we have to reshape our mind. But it's so interesting to think that that landing page is nothing more than your online resume. And if you look at that and you think about that, because that's why so many people struggle with it. It's like, why are you qualified to teach what you think or what teach what you want to teach? Lay it out, have some headings, have some pictures. I never thought of it like that. And that's what I'm going to do in creating that landing page that leads you to the course. Like, what success have you had? What failures have you had? Things like that, that you're really selling yourself. That's really cool. Yeah, That's really cool. Yeah, that's all it is. And if you think about it, your content's nothing more than an interview. You know, you can post a piece of content. Here are five things that I'm that that uh, I I feel that I'm weak in. Here are five things that I'm strong in. Here are my five strongest assets. Here are five things that you can do to fix your brand. Versus in an interview, here's five things I can do for the business here and in, in, in this position. Right. So when you think about it, we're it's the same game. Your content's nothing more than an interview to all these billions of people that come across it to decide if they want to hire you for your services for that. All, all Instagram is is a big job board. TikTok, big yep. job board, right? Mm-hmm. All your sales page and landing page is is a is a virtual resume. All your prices are is your salary or income, right? It's all the same game. When you I I, I know I think deep on this stuff, but For me, that's how my mind works because that's how I put things into perspective for me. If I can put things into perspective for myself like that, I'll always stay on the winning track. And sometimes that's how people need it. You need to build like, you know, I don't want to get too biblical, but Jesus taught in in, in parables because people couldn't handle his level of thinking. So he had to teach in a certain way, but that's how people got it. So whenever you teach in parables like that, that's how people really get it. And it literally impacts how people decide what their next move is. So like I said, we're all playing that, that, that game. It's just that a lot of us decided to translate it to our side of the, of the part and create our own rules with it. I like it. And Charles said, digital money will spoil you. <laughs> he ain't never um, lying. Yeah. It's, and you know what's funny? Is it, I don't even think it's intentional. I was, I was saying it in terms of like, I have other businesses that I neglect now. And 
you would think that I'm neglecting them to do nothing when in actuality, I'm neglecting them to focus on the better stuff. So I'm neglecting the things that are labor intensive, but don't yield to focus on the things that yield a lot more, but are less labor intensive. So for example, if I can create posts, if I can um, send out emails, if I can send out text messages, if I can send out tweets, automate all that stuff, and I can make a thousand dollars, I'd rather do that than argue with some tenant or even deal with the whole tenant issue altogether for a tenant who doesn't even pay on time. You'd be chasing tenants around for the money, Raphael. I had a conversation with the tenant. This tenant is the tenant that I'd had before, before I had delegated it all to the property manager. Property manager disappeared. She ghosted me. Gummo didn't ever ghost me. She ghosted <laughs> me. I don't know what happened to the money that she took in. I don't even know what happened to all the tenants that I lost, but like I got the tenants back on and the, the tenant who's still there, he still didn't even pay on time. And I'm like, man, I waited a whole month for you still to not pay on time. Gumroad pays every single, th- I'm, gonna get, I'm about to get paid in an hour, 56 minutes. They going to pay and I'm going to get an email detailing everything. <laughs> it's going to be a whole lot more than what this dude would have been paying. So it's like, why would I, it's kind of like a job. Why would I beg you to underpay me when I can go where I don't got to beg nobody and I can get overpaid? That's where I am. Digital money is that. Digital money allows me to not be in Detroit, to not have to be in somebody's post office, to be in a hotel, eating pizza, enjoying my life and still getting paid. I like that a lot better than going and sitting in somebody's job for eight hours where they tell me I got to go, I got to commute two hours to get there, two hours back. Digital money does spoil you, but we deserve it, man. Because if you're getting digital money, it's because you worked your ass off to get it. If you're getting digital money, it's because you sacrificed, you grinded, you got the education, you put those weekends in those, in those evenings in. So nothing that we're getting is, is what we deserve. All of us work for it. We're just reaping the benefits of it by being in a system that doesn't necessarily, isn't set up against us intentionally. Because they could pay us a lot more at these jobs but they keep all the profits for the big dude with the gray hair. But now we said, nah, big dude with the gray hair, we doing all the work, we bring all the value, we going direct to the consumer. I'm gonna put you out the way, big gray hair dude, and I'm gonna go get my money, I'm gonna get my check. And that's what we're doing, it is what it is. It is what it is. And we make no apologies about it. You know, I think a lot of people that see what we do, they want us to feel bad about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially on Twitter, like they want you to feel bad that you know, that they're there. It's like, you can, you can come here too. You know, you'd rather mm. do everything you can to discredit a better life than just going out and pursuing one. Uh, that's one thing I'll never understand is how people will find a way to discredit living a better life, making more income and literally doing something for your family that's never been done in the history of your family. And they'll just, it, they feel better just discrediting it than actually just like, yo, how do I do that? Because what I'm doing right now, this ain't it, you know? And then don't even get me started on the people like, hey, I had to struggle so my kids should. I'm not I'm not about to put no money back for my kids. Like, what do I look like doing that? It's like, you look like a parent. That's what you look like. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do you mean? You know, they look at us like we crazy. We over here talking about, yeah, I got a custodial account for my son. We got ETS. We got index funds. We got them in dividends. And they're looking like, what do I look like doing that? Like, I, I remember I got a, a text message or a DM from a guy. That was like, why would I want to make more money just so I had to pay my baby mama more child support? And I had to think about that for a second. I said, okay, George, like you got to think where these like where someone like this has to be mentally to think like I'd rather make three thousand dollars a month. So I only so I can only pay my baby mama just three to five hundred versus I don't want to make six figures because I'll have to pay her a thousand a month. It's like, so wow. you'd rather leave $8,000 wow. on the table that you could get 
So you won't have to give an extra $700 a month to your child's mother. So you're willing to forego eight grand to save $700. You get like- <laughs> The math ain't mathing. <laughs> and, and that's when you got to learn how to just say, you know what? I can't even respond to this because it ain't going to, no matter what I say, they're not going to get it. Because if you can't, I, if I you would, can't take eight grand and c- comprehend, oh, an extra seven hundred dollars, I there's nothing I can tell you that's gonna make you think different. One thing I would say, and this is why I'm very big on keeping the family together, is because things like that psychologically can stunt you. So, like a lot of dudes, because of the like the hatred they have for that woman who may be doing certain things to kind of like punish him and make his life work worse. He'll do things to spite himself just to make her suffer. And so, like, you got to be on the same team. You got to be in the same space because let's say, for example, they are together. They are in the same household. Then his wins are her wins. Her wins are his wins. And his improved lifestyle, he still gets to benefit from it 100%. I found that that's that's why I, I don't want nothing to do with no child support system. I don't want nothing to do with none of that stuff because it, it's just not a healthy place to be. The healthiest place is to be in the same house doing the same thing. But yeah, it makes people do dumb shit, man. <laughs> You're doing dumb stuff just because <laughs> that didn't make no sense. No, I don't. But that's the DM I got. And I remember I just had to, I, I said, you can't respond to this. Nothing you're going to say is going to change this. Like he literally just said, why would I want to go make $10,000 a month when I got to give my baby mama a thousand? And I said, what the f- Mm, yeah. Why? Why would I want to go make ten thousand dollars a month when I have to give my? Think about that. Why would I? Why would I want to go make ten thousand dollars a month just so I have to give her a thousand of it? Like, so you just gonna leave nine grand on the table? That's what you're telling me. I can't. I can't. Do, I can't, yeah. I can't you can only do so much. You know, I don't have no brain cells to, to live. So, but I, I will say that. That again, like the system is crazy because it's like you have to, I don't know. We didn't want to talk about child support on this show. <laughs> we can go down a whole tunnel. Right. It's a lot. Um, first of all, shout out to Anthony Nelson for getting my, my quick start guide to start a podcast in 24 hours or less. Shout out That's to you. Man. So, George, let me ask you something. Do you, do you remember your first uh, online sale? Yeah. I mean, of course you do. I'm saying, tell us about that. Man, interesting story. So, uh, you could George smiling. <laughs> no, nah, man, because I'm gonna tell you where my mind was. This is, I'm gonna be laughing at me now. Um, so my first course was taught live, and at the time, it was an eBay course that I had just released or that I was gonna re- release, and I was gonna teach it live. And I posted it for $97. So my coach, uh, texted me, he was like, Hey, how's the sales going? It's like, Yeah, I made three sales a day, man. I'm so pumped, 300 bucks. He's like, He's like, oh, okay, cool. He's like, so how much did you make? And I said, $300. He's like, how much? And I said, three. He's like, how much is it the course for? I said, $97. He said, do me a favor, take it down. He's like, what? He said, take it down. I'm like, take it. And so I took it down. I was like, okay, why? He's like, you need to put that on there for, for $500. I said, what? I said, man, I'm not, I can't do that. Like, no, I, I, there's no way. And he's like, he's like, man, you're not selling that course for $97. So we went back and forth. And he finally was like, man, if you don't put that course on there for more than $97, we're not going to work together anymore. Mm. So we came to a to a agreement to, to do it at uh, $297, right? So I listed it at $297. I had three people that bought it at $97. Listed at $297 a couple hours later, over the course of two days. It just froze. It froze for you too, Raphael? Yep. Man, my throat is crazy. <coughs> George, you're frozen if you can hear us. <laughs> I sold 26, 20, 
what George, about now? You you good now, but you froze okay. as soon as you said um you put it back up for 297 and over the course of three days, then you over froze. the course of three days, I I had 26 sales. And so I had had 26 oh, wow. people that registered wow. and I made seven thousand dollars. I got so I had so much imposter syndrome from it, I took it down again. And I had people giving me like, hey, it's payday. I'm trying to buy your course. I'm trying to sign up, but I can't find it. I'm like, yeah, we're full. And I didn't let anybody else buy it because I was so scared. I was like, I made so much money. And I was like, I made $7,000. What if I don't deliver? What if they don't like the information? What if it's no good? Mm. And I literally wouldn't let anybody else buy it. I took it down. So I ended up doing the course live on a, th- on a Friday night. And then again, Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. And people loved it. It went crazy. But here's the crazy thing about that. I didn't spend one penny of the money for three months because I was afraid that people would ask for their money back. Wow. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. So when, when you asked me about my first course, though, that was the story. I, that's how bad my imposter syndrome was. So I had to get over that real quick because literally there's no telling how much money I would have made. But I literally, when I saw how many people like was buying it and I saw how much money I had in PayPal, and I never had that much money in any account at one time. I was like, I can't do this. Like, what if they don't like it? What if it's not good? Whatever. And they ended up loving it. And the only reason I ended up spending the money is because I got an email about two and a half months later from someone that said they were freaking out because they ran out of inventory. They couldn't find anything in some of the stores I was telling them to go and they needed more stuff to put out for Christmas. And they were just like, man, this has changed my life. Like I've been selling everything in my house. My husband told me I can't sell nothing else in our house anymore. I got to find something outside of the house. And I was like, okay. And that's when I gave myself permission to finally spend the money after, after I got that review back. But yeah, that was, that was, that's a, that's what happened. That's crazy. I feel like I would have did the same thing. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I probably would have reacted the same way. It was scary, man. It was crazy. I don't have that problem no more though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that brings me to you had a tweet also you said i believe that a bonus is everyone's birthright but you got to believe that in your heart before it would manifest man i'm a big believer that you got to believe that anything you want you can have um i believe that i'm supposed to live like this i believe i'm supposed to live better i believe i'm i believe that my knowledge is top tier i believe what i put out is great information you know i believe i'm supposed to have the success from it um so i don't struggle with that anymore um, most people, they struggle with doing anything better than what they are. And that's why they don't ever get to where they want to be because they just don't believe they can have it. You know, um, we got to stop playing the lottery with our lives. We only get one shot at this. And I don't believe anybody's supposed to be broke. I don't believe anybody's supposed to just be living paycheck to paycheck. I don't believe anybody's supposed to just be existing. I believe everyone should be thriving because we all have gifts that are separate. And, but people don't know how to thrive. They don't know how to live a life of abundance. They don't know how to do that. And so until you believe it in your heart that not only you can have abundance, but that you should have it, you're never going to get it. I'm a big believer in that. Mm. Charles, you said on a tweet, everyone says you shouldn't bash jobs. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> sa- nobody says jobs. You shouldn't treat people like shit. 
So, you know, what's interesting is I think that treat, that joke or that tweet actually might not be true. I've been, I've been thinking about that tweet a lot because I think a better way to phrase it is like everybody says you shouldn't bash jobs, but nobody has an alternative to jobs that treat us like shit because people actually do get online and complain about jobs, right? We see it all the time, like, oh, they should pay us more. Or they should give us this. They should give us that. And so we all agree that we don't like jobs. Both the nine to five crowd don't like jobs and the anti nine to five job people don't like jobs. My thing is I can't live a life that my success is contingent upon somebody else changing. I can't live a life where my happiness is based on the job deciding to not do job type stuff. I have to create a system that exists and provides me with the life that I want and the job people can do whatever they want to do. I just walked past my old branch, my old Chase branch I used to work at and it's gone. If you saw it on my Instagram video, the building is empty. All the chase signs are off. And I was like, man, that's so funny because it just wasn't a good location for a chase. That branch became a chase after Chase bought Washington Mutual. So it made sense as a Washington mm -hmm. Mutual. It didn't make sense as a chase. And so what I found sometimes is we can be in systems that aren't beneficial to us, but we don't have any power over the system. And so we think that the fact that it doesn't work in said system means something is wrong with us when really something is wrong with the system. And so you have to move, you have to create your own system that benefits you and serves you. For example, my mom, she worked in a firm, the firm didn't serve her, the firm wasn't going to move her or promote her, and the firm wasn't going to pay what she wanted to get paid. And now she has her own system where she's the boss, people serve her, she gets paid what she wants to get paid. And so my point is that everybody agrees that we don't like jobs. We're just people that are willing to do something about it. Everybody says they don't like slavery, but there are some people who stayed on the plantation and there are some people who got off the plantation. And there are some people who went back to the plantation after they got free from the plantation. And I think that's the craziest thing. You haven't seen that TikTok that I posted on my thing. And so, I mean, that's just what I take from that is I'm just, the, I'm the person that's willing to do something about the things that I don't like. I'm not going to sit around and point at it I'm not going to sit around and try to get laws passed. I'm not going to sit around and vote. I'm going to get it done by any means. I'm going to work it out. And that's just what it is. That's Speaking real. of TikTok, I saw your posts earlier. I was going through your tweets and I saw that TikTok you made about the group text. <laughs> the Kanye the Kanye group text. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bastard. I saw you put my name up there. I was like, oh, shit. This mother I was, I was trying to find some people to include. And I was like, at first, I didn't want to include anybody, but I was like, it doesn't make any sense if I don't include people's name in it. But hopefully he thought it was funny. I saw the heart songs, like Erica Williams, Raphael. I was like, oh, okay, nice. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, like Ka I like Kanye TikToks, man. They're fun. You know, uh, I was talking about George, the, when, when Kanye was on the um, the Drink Champs interview, and he said he sent out a group text to everybody and said, like, um, I'm, I'm worth more than all y'all come by. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Man, people people don't understand Kanye. And at one point I didn't either. But <laughs> the stuff that he does now, man, is so much funnier than it's funny, man, because he's become more free the more money he's made, if you think about it. Yeah. He's become a lot more free. And that's a there's a lesson in that. Like people always say you mag like you magnify money makes you magnify yourself but to me it makes you freer i think i think it makes you free to be either a bigger bigger a-hole or a bigger great guy but i think it's always been there but it just magnifies it and you know i think that's what's happening is that he's become more free 
So, but now what's happening is that people aren't going to like approach him sideways with like penny deals for shoes or designer or movies or whatever, because they know he's not playing that. And so when you don't have that type of freedom or you don't live or walk in that kind of freedom, people can play you on, on certain things. And so I think there's a lesson in there, man. But yeah, yeah, Kanye, man, he's he's uh, he's something else. But I think people can learn a lot if they really looked at the bigger picture. I think one of the other things that it does is it frees you up from playing into the opinions of other people, meaning that it it gives you the ability to do what you want to do, be who you are without anybody's opinion really mattering. Yeah. Like a lot of people say, like, I don't give a F. You can think what you think about me. But if somebody else is paying your bills, if somebody else has the ability to tell you no, if somebody else has the ability to not write that check for you, you ultimately do care. So there's some people who they can't tweet what they want to tweet. They can't post what they want to post. They can't say what they want to say. They can't wear what they want to wear because at the end of the day, it's somebody above them writing that check. But I think that is the true freedom that Kanye has where like that's the you do whatever you want if you want to do a larry hoover benefit content concert you do it you're not over here like well what is nike gonna think about me trying to get an ex-con or get a convict free you can true that we need more of that we need people who have a platform and can legit go up to the right stuff not people who have a, a platform and they're doing things that we think are right for us but are really right for the person who gave them the platform so for example like we're seeing with all the voting rights stuff it's like bruh ain't nobody asking no voter rights y'all ask for voter rights folks want economic empowerment that's all they want and they voted you in office and we ain't heard nothing about none of that stuff it's just, it's been, it's been quiet as a mouse. And then we finally get something and they're like, oh, well, we're just trying to make sure that y'all can vote. Vote for what? To get more of y'all in, to do more of nothing. And that's what we need. Like he said, he said, we don't need, he said it was a great thing to experience, but we need a black Bill Gates more than we need a black Obama. We need more black billionaires more than we need more black politicians because black and person of color are not the same thing. You can be a person of color and not necessarily be black, black if you know what I'm saying. And so that's what Kanye symbolizes to me. Somebody who's that free, somebody who banks on himself and then goes out and does it. Somebody who says the craziest things and goes out and somebody who doesn't align with the, like the, the standard procedures for what a black person is supposed to do. And he's still successful on a massive level. I want that for all of us. I think that's, we need more of that. Because we would all be truly free if we got that. Because LeBron James becoming a billionaire, if he ain't doing real lasting stuff, Russell Wilson, Russell, if, if all we're doing is getting like an Emmett Till movie, like don't nobody want no Emmett Till movie. We don't need an Emmett Till movie. The LeBron James, the movie about um, Madam C.J. Walker, that was great. We need more empowering stories. I don't want to hear the stories of the bad stuff that happened in our past. I don't want to say that anymore. I want, us, I want us to be superheroes. I want us to be the big boss, the wealthy person trying to figure out how he's going to manage his estate with all his kids fighting over it. That's what I want for us. <laughs> I want us to see that those kind of images on TV. And we can't get that if we have people who are billionaires because they're on the NBA's pedestal, because they're in the NFL's pedestal, because you're never truly free. Take a deep breath, Charles. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to talk right now. So I'm glad you, you started talking about that because... It brings up these two tweets that I saw, one from Charles and one from some other guy. So this guy on Twitter, at Shami Yakubu, don't know this guy, but he said, less black people marching, more black people oh. investing. 
And then, Charles, you said, pretty sure we could be fighting for more than the right to vote for the least racist races. I'm mad that tweet didn't get that much spin because I was thinking, I was like, man, they're really going hard for this voting rights thing. Because I was watching the news, I was seeing different things they were talking about. And I was like, but Joe Biden ain't done nothing yet. And I don't think he's going to do anything ever. I got an email from Kamala Harris, however you pronounce it, Kamala Harris. And like, she's like, yeah, it's been a year since we got inaugurated. I was like, what has happened in a year? Like, what's happened? Mm. Like, but people were dancing. They were doing all all the celebration. I was just kind of confused. And I just, I think people are waking up. They're seeing that nothing's really happening. But the the thing is, is it doesn't matter who's in office, Democrat, Republican. The only thing that's going to change is if we change. Everything that happened in the last four years is because we did it. We began putting out and sharing and helping other people get their business brand out there. Then that helped other people who took value from that information be successful as well. And so a lot of people, they look at the course creators and they're like, oh, well, they're so successful. They created courses, but they don't look at the students of the course creators. I've seen people go from like small accounts to large accounts. George has had people who were making multiple six figures. I look at them like, man, that's dope. Like he created something and now they made a six figure income off of some information that he gave them. And like, that's the benefit of us helping each other and working with each other, as opposed to waiting for some new politician vote, but also work, also build, also grind. What do you say, George? Man, he said it all. I don't think there's any more left to say after that. You know, (laughs) uh, we got to be thinking about the bigger picture. You know, it, every I think every level you get to starts with you looking at the bigger picture of that level. I really do. Like whenever we, you know, think of just all of us that's left our jobs, we saw the big, we looked at the bigger picture first. Think of us when we did leave our jobs, how much bigger we got when we got there. We had to look at the bigger picture first. Like I think if people start looking at the bigger picture of things and not looking at things on the surface, people will approach you different. You know, they can't approach Charles a certain way anymore in corporate. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to get his attention, you know, unless they're coming with some crazy numbers. They can't approach me that same way. They can't approach you. They can't approach people a certain way. They can't approach Kanye a certain way because they know, okay, these guys, they, they've done something. We can't approach them like we can approach 90% of the, these other people. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then you got 90% of the other people that they're fighting against, it, right? They're accepting what we're trying to tell them. Hey, you know, you can get more from that. And then they're coming back at us like they're wrong for what they're doing and and selling courses, even though they got $50,000 in student loans from courses. And some of them don't even have a degree. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's interesting. Those are courses, too, y'all. Those are courses, too. (laughs) Right, right. And they had us taking classes on dumb stuff. I had to take like two years of just classes on nothing in college before I even got to the good stuff. We just getting you right to the meat like, uh. You know, it's funny that you say that, though, is is courses. And some people say you, you're getting uh, business courses from professors who never ran a business, but they charging you thousands of dollars a semester. Just think go- about it. My first uh, major was business administration. I thought every business in the world was a was an ink and incorporation. You know what I'm saying? I didn't learn about LLC, C corporations, S corporation until I got into business for myself over a decade later. I didn't learn any of that. I learned how to run someone else's business. I didn't learn how to start my own or even what it consists of to start one. So when you think about it, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of your business professors, they don't even have LLCs. You know, they're teaching you about accounts receivable, accounts payable, uh, managing and, um, 
you know, how to how to decompress a situation and, you know, how to how to run a team and just like different stuff like that, that really doesn't benefit you from a business perspective. So just think of all these like people graduating college that, you know, with business degrees that really couldn't go start businesses, you know, like if they wanted to, yeah. they would still have to take one of our courses <laughs> to learn what they need to do after spending 30, 40, 50,000 dollars to get this business degree that they don't even know where to go get an EIN. Wow. I think Robert Kiyosaki says that a business degree just teaches you how to manage somebody else's business, not to start your own. That's it. And George, you had two tweets where you said you make more money when you bet on yourself, not when you second guess yourself. And you also said you can't afford to make a habit of having 100% of your income being solely decided by someone else. By someone else, it's always going to have an ending that someone else has already predetermined. You know, yes, you can get a full time permanent job, but if you live in an at will state, that predetermined job is always set to end whenever you fall out of line or when they can find somebody to do it cheaper or when they can find somebody else to do it for no additional charge and they can eliminate your salary. So when you make it a habit of always needing someone else to provide you an income, you're always at the mercy of that other person's decision. You know what I'm saying? Look at Enron. Mm. That company housed, that, you know, employed thousands of people. And it was a few guys' decision that literally eliminated not only the thousands of jobs, but thousands of retirements, thousands of skills, thousands of, you know, livelihoods from a couple of guys' decisions that you have no control over and literally can do nothing about. Same thing with Sears. Same thing with, um, we think of Sears, when we think of Toys R Us, think of all those regional managers and directors and stuff that worked there for 10, 20, 30 years on the verge of retirement. And now Sears is telling people that, Sears had, was one of the last companies with a pension. They just got letters last year saying they, they can't pay them. They don't have the money. Wow. So now you got these people that they worked there for 40, 50 years, and they're not getting a pension check. They might get Social Security, but their lifestyle is built around Social Security and the pension. Yeah. And now you eliminate one, and one was probably bigger than the other. So when you make it a habit of someone else 100% supporting your income and livelihood, you're always in a position to be broke. Mm. Mm. Always. Um, um, I, I would say I realized that when I was working like a job and I had a good job and I had a good lifestyle that was based on that job and that good job decided they didn't want me no more. And then I had to figure out how I was going to fund this fancy lifestyle that I created. Mm-hmm. Everything became at jeopardy. Everything. The apartment that I had, the nice apartment, the nice lifestyle, all the stuff that I had built up went away like that because of one person's opinion. And I, and that was one of the times that I became really heavy on entrepreneurship. And so for me, a lot of people think I'm entrepreneurship because of the cars and all of that. And I saw somebody post and said, like, what about the entrepreneurs who are here because they just don't fit into that corporate system? I don't fit into that system. So I'm not doing entrepreneurship for the glamour and the glory. I'm doing it because I got no other choice. I can't let somebody else be the sole determiner of whether I can live the life that I want. And it really became clear to me when I had a son and I had a job that still wasn't paying me what I need to be making for my son to live how I wanted him to live. That's when it became really clear and I got really, I had to get on, on the good foot. And so I think that's very interesting. But also, I think a lot of times what we do is we take what we've experienced from our parents or what we've seen from our elders. And that becomes our guidepost for life. And so my uh, my stepdad, he was working for a company, ITT. ITT went bankrupt. Mm. My stepdad worked for ITT for maybe 40 years. 
and they were just gone. He had to literally figure out what he was going to do. No retirement, no none of that stuff. The whole everything was gone. And so those things drive you and they and, and they kind of shape what you're going to do. And you're like, I don't want that to be me. I got to make sure I got these rental properties set up. I got to make sure I got those, all these other assets set up so that doesn't happen to me. And so people wonder why you still keep the real estate because it still has to be like a fallback. I need diverse streams of income. But yeah, it's it's real out there, man. I mean, corporate America is not made to benefit you. What's really sad is a lot of times they don't pay you enough to even really build the streams that could sustain you if that thing were to fall. And that's why you really got to take it serious. And you got to work those extra hours. You got to work those evenings and those weekends so you can generate the income that's going to save you. So the nine to five ain't going to save you. It's going to sustain you, get that extra income that you can start to invest and get the skills and the knowledge, the thing you can start building your own kind of shit. That's what I would say. No, Charles, you said the fact that most aren't rich or middle class is exactly the reason we need to be working together. Hey, I've actually, I've given up. So I was on my call and Steven's story was like, hey, Charles, I feel like you lost your fire. Um, I'm not seeing the same personality with your tweets that I used to see. And I was like, because I don't got time to be going back and forth trying to convince folks anymore. Like, I know what I know now. I know that I'm a heavily two-parent household. I know that I'm heavily um, anti-baby mama culture. I know all these different things. I don't want to have that debate with people who are convinced of the opposite. I just don't, I don't have the mental energy to go towards that anymore. But I kept seeing the conversation flow down the timeline. And it was Steven talking to somebody about the two-parent household. And um, one of the people responded to him and said, oh, well, um, you said that like black people don't need, they need to work together, but we broke anyway. So why does it matter? And I was like, that's exactly what we got to work together. <laughs> because if one of us is broke, another person is broke and we come together, we are less broke. And so it just, it didn't make any sense to me that somebody would have made that argument. But again, it's kind of like George. It's like, you get to the point where I'm not arguing with somebody who can't do math. I'm not arguing with somebody who just doesn't understand that. And it's not because they can't do math. It's because emotionally, they're just invested in the opposite. Emotionally, they hate their baby mama so much that they are willing to do dumb stuff to spite themselves. They hate the person that they, that they had kids with, that they're willing to be poor than be together. I don't want to have that conversation with somebody. And I'm not going to have that conversation with somebody. And I got, I, I can't, you can't build wealth and have dumb, poor conversations. Some conversations you just got to admit yourself from. You got to excuse yourself from, I don't have time to convince you of the obvious. I don't have time to convince you of something that makes sense because I can give you the most thorough thought out arguments and you're still going to disagree. I don't got time for it no more, man. I don't got time. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Now, George... This tweet, I just started to ask you about this one because I just thought it was, I just wanted to hear what you meant by this one. You said every entrepreneur should have a whiteboard. I just want you to go into that one because it wasn't exactly deep, but I said, let me, let me hear this. Man, I, I mean, I have two, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at them right here and, you know, you need, you like, we keep so much up here. And if you're like, if you're like someone that thinks that you're always thinking you got to get that stuff out because if these ideas are coming at you hundred miles an hour, when you're thinking of funnels and business ideas and products and services and customer avatars and tweets and all that stuff, you got to get that stuff out. So I have two whiteboards. I have one that has all my long-term goals 
my my you know like my my methods my uh avatar my um my content pillars it's all on this bigger whiteboard the one i have the smaller one right here above my my uh monitor anything that comes to my mind i'm like oh that's dope i put it up there real quick so i have my checklist for the day i have a column for like different ideas and i got stuff that comes to mind that i know i need to revisit or something to remind me of it so i can take action on it, right because i'm an action taker and that's what it was just like telling people like you know you need a whiteboard to get all these ideas out you need a place to come back and look at that's going to be in front of you. Like I've got a ton of notebooks and stuff, but notebooks don't really do it for me. They, they help a little bit, but when I put it on a whiteboard and it's in front of me, it just does something for me, man. And it just, it really pushes you to take action because for one, you want to check those things off your whiteboard. And two, eventually you want to clean that up so you can put new stuff on there anyway. So when it starts getting full, I know either I ain't taking action or I need to start looking at everything that I've done and get it off my board so I can make room for other stuff. So I was just sitting here doing that the other day and I was like, man, I think every entrepreneur needs a whiteboard. I just tweeted it. I didn't know it was going to go crazy like it did. It was just a thought. Oh, did it? I mean, I just I just thought it was interesting. It's interesting to see how the whiteboard is taken off. I was looking at Dante's office. That dude has an office full of whiteboards. He has so many whiteboards in that office. It's like it was a lot. Yeah. Whiteboards layered. Um, I keep a few whiteboards around me um, because I think you have to like, you have to get the thought outside of your head. Otherwise you risk not taking action on it. So it's like, you got to get it out of your head. Sometimes if I don't, I'll start thinking about the same thing over and over again. That's why I tweet a lot. I tweet things to get it out of my head. Me too. And so a lot of people think that I'm like tweeting. I saw somebody, she posted, she's like, man, y'all think I'm over here like tweeting for y'all. Like I'm tweeting for myself. I'm motivating myself. So like, you get it, girl. I was like, like I tweet my thoughts to motivate myself. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet, but it's like everybody else just gets a benefit. It's like a, a virtual whiteboard. Interesting. Now, Chuck, uh, George, you you make you make this online money sound so simple. You had a tweet where you say, if your goal was to make just a hundred thousand a year online, in addition to your nine to five, you only need three sales a night at ninety seven dollars per sale to hit that goal. If your content is good and your funnel is solid, you could wake up to multiple sales daily and just go on with your day. It's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes, yeah, it's, it's some work. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but if you do the work, if you lay the groundwork for the first three or four months, you know what I'm saying? You build up your following, you build up your brand. That's what life can look like for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, three sales a day. And I like to put it in simple terms like that because, I mean, I sell in volume, Charles sells in volume. You know, but I put it in terms like that for people to understand the true, like the true numbers of how how much small numbers can build up because you got a lot of people that are just intimidated by this whole process and they think they got to get a lot of, they can think they need tens of thousands of followers. They think they need this. It's like, nah, you just need to make three sales on a $97 product today to hit six figures. You know what I'm saying? You got a 497 product. You only need to sell two of them a week. You know, like it's not, it's not that difficult. And the problem is, is that, you know, I have to simplify it like that for people to get people to understand just the impact of the smaller numbers. Because I think if I go in there and say, you know, yeah, if you wait six months and you put in enough time and you sell about 100 courses at 497, you could do this. Some people might get like real intimidated by that. Like, oh, that seems daunting. Six months. So they'd really go work 30 more years just to find something that won't take six more months. But uh, <laughs> but. The thing about it is that it really it, when you when you really sit down and you think about it, if you build out 
your your products, your systems, and all that stuff within a month or two. And then you just spent the next month just giving value, providing content, tweeting, you know, repurposing that content on Instagram. You can literally build yourself up enough to where you can do that. Like you could do all that in less than a year. All everything I said can happen in less than a year. I literally would put money on it that I could take just about anyone. And within four to six months, I could have you roll. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you just got to want to do the work. And I don't know, we, we live in this bi-weekly society where if we, if we can't get paid in two weeks, we're not interested. You know what I'm saying? So we'll two week, we'll two week pay ourselves for the next 30, 40 years, whenever, you know, just so we can avoid spending six months building something that we could get paid every day. I would say what's interesting about that is when I first started, my goal was, I think like one sale a week. I was like, you know what? One sale a week, that's an extra 500 bucks a month. An extra 500 bucks when you work in a day job is actually like a good amount of money. That'll take care of a bill. And then I was like, all right, I learned how to make one sale a week. What if I can make one sale a day? And I was like, all right, cool. Now, what if I can make one sale an hour? And so what I told people is like, once you learn how to make a sale, the process is the process is the process. Now we're just closing that time gap now. So if it takes you two emails to make, I don't know, 10 sales, but you're sending out an email every other day, send two emails in a day. (laughs) If you're doing whatever you're doing, it's really just time. And once you learn how to do it, and once you learn how to make a sale, it's a duplicatable, duplicatable process, duplicatable process. And that's what makes it so beautiful is you can you can duplicate that. But what's also really powerful about this is you have 24 hours to make one sale. If you can't make a sale in 24 hours in a sea full of people, there's an ocean of people on the Internet, an ocean of people on the Internet. And all you need is one person to believe in you. And that's why I'm starting to realize, like, you just got to get very good at selling your value. Like, don't lower the price on your product. Get very good at beefing up what they're going to get out of this, who you are, why you're qualified to teach this, and just get good at that. And if you get good at that piece, now you can sell whatever you want to sell. You don't have to go low ticket. You don't have to go whatever to get that quick sale. You can start selling at $1,000 or more. So that's kind of where my mindset is now. It's like, I want to start building out that landing page where it's that online resume. I want to start building out, having videos, having the webinars, really building out this whole business. Because what I did two years ago was great. What I did last year was great, but I want to take this to even more. And I've seen that it's possible. And again, it's a sea of people on the internet and all you need is a few people to buy into you. 100%. Oh no. Is Charles going high ticket? <laughs> Some, I got some high ticket plans that I got to roll out, but I got to build it out. But I'm doing some coaching, that kind of stuff. But somebody we said the world, have value, man. Somebody said the world is priced at broke boy levels. <laughs> I, I didn't say that for that. I said that because <laughs> once you really start getting money, you start realizing how attainable things are. I hear you, man. Just play it. Just play it. But George, what what is it like? To, what's, what's the process like to work with you, brother? You know, I don't. I used to have it open where anyone could just book a session and work with me, and I got rid of that real quick. Um, so now, you know, I, I um, you know I have an application process, and you know I want to learn more about people's businesses. Most of the people I work with now already have existing businesses. They're just looking to scale, or they're looking to make more money from it. Um, and so, what we do is. We look at everything that you have, what systems you use, what your funnel looks like, if you have one, of course, what your product is, what your following's like, engagement, like everything. And then what I do is we come in and we work 
together for, you know, four, six, eight, you know, four, six or eight weeks. And we basically tailor it all together. So we we set up the front end of your funnel. We go through the middle of your funnel. We end up, you know, developing a new launch. And uh, then we launch you out and, and incorporate that. And then we add some different things into your, your content strategy or whatever to just improve the overall, you know, delivery of your message, but most importantly, the, the, the consistent conversions. Um, so that's what I like to do. I like to look at the whole picture uh, because some people, they just need a couple of tweaks. Some people, they need a, a whole overhaul. And so just understanding what that is. And then once I kind of got an idea, then it's just sitting down and saying, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Here's what your investment's going to look like with me. Here's what we're going to need to bring in if you want someone to build this out. Because I don't do the building. I don't do the implementation. I'll work with your people. I've got people that I can bring in, um, but we look at the whole entire thing, bring in the right people, build out that implementation and strategy and uh, get you get you built up. Um, so, so that's kind of how I work. I like to keep it very simple by just looking at it, finding out what I can fix. And there's some people that I've looked at based on what they had and what they were wanting to do. And I was like, hey, I can't, you know, I'm capable of doing it, but this is something I don't feel confident doing. And I've, I've turned people down because I'd rather I'd rather turn down five grand, you know, because it's something I'm not confident in doing than taking it and then not delivering. And all of a sudden that takes a hit on who I am. And then that could hurt me from getting 50 other grand over the course of, you know, three, four months because of that one thing. So it's just really looking at the thing top to bottom and making sure I feel completely confident that I can deliver. And then what I plan to deliver, making sure that they're cool with that. And that we're on the same page about what the outcomes can be. Hold on. We always hear about like your business. We hear about your success. What are some cool things you like to do with your money? <laughs> Man, um, I tell you what, I tell you what, one of the things that uh that I've gotten into now because of you is watches. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I've always been like a watch guy, but not like a watch guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I was a Bova, you know, uh, citizens type guy. And now I'm looking at, you know, the, auto, the you know, the auto mirage and the, the, the Rolex and different things like that. So the I'm into business. Uh, I really yeah. got into to, to the watches um, and uh, cars, man. Like I'm, I love love cars now so like i bought a, i bought a benz last year and i'm about to buy another one uh i'm getting an s5 i had a cls 550 now i'm gonna get the s um i really really like it man i love the the whole dashboard your wife has yeah. it in, in hers like i think you have one and uh i've been begging my wife to let me get her one also <laughs> she, she wants something else so i've really been into cars like crazy man and um so just uh cars and watches and uh, you know, I'm 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 kind of on the verge of buying like a like a, just a cool ass house. You know what I'm saying? Like building yeah, yeah. a dope house. So those are the things, man. Like I've always been really minimal, but I'll tell you, man. Like I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm just being. I'm saying this publicly. Charles has like changed my mindset when it comes to just designer and just rocking <laughs> house. Like my sister, she's in Beverly Hills now. So I told her every day when y'all go to these places, you need to call me. I'll send you the money, but you gonna start seeing like some stuff changing up. Man. Like, I'm see, I'm just being honest. Like, so yeah, it's gonna, it's that's what it's about to be, man. I'm about to start popping it. Start popping it now. I almost um, 
wasn't going to bring up this tweet, but I was listening to um, our new episode that's dropping next uh, tomorrow morning, uh, 114. And we were talking about on the episode about the G-Wagon versus the free wagon. And you you had a tweet, Jordan, where you said, yes, you can get access to thousands of dollars in business credit. And yes, you can get a car on your business name. But what you need to know is you, you got to still make those payments and they aren't going to be cheap, especially on a G-Wagon. P.S. A tax write-off doesn't mean free. It's a, it's a G wagon, not a free wagon. So, so this person, right, was uh, they they had made a a, a post about they were Name. going to apply for a G wagon, and I knew who this person was because they wanted to work with me, and they couldn't because their business were wasn't where it needed to be from an income level and so many other things. So I'm just sitting there thinking, like, how are they going to do this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are they going to make this happen? And then they had made a post because, like, all these people were on there, like, you know, a G-Wagon is like $100,000, don't do it. And they said, girl, it's a write-off. And they were like, what you mean? And she was like, if, as long as I get it before the end of the year, um, before I file my taxes, when I file my taxes, I'll get the money back and I'll be straight. You know what I'm saying? As long as I get it under my business name. And somebody went on there like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? Like, so you're telling me that if I can get it under my business name, I can file it as a write-off. And the, and the government will reimburse me for it. She's like, yeah, girl, exactly. You better go get you one. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Wow. And like, you saw this chain of people like, oh my God, I need to start a business. Oh my God, I need to go get my LLC. Like people were going nuts because they they got from that post and that misinformation that if you get a tax write-off and you get anything under your business name, the government gives you the money back, reimburses you. So you can pay it off and it's yours. And I'm terrified for people because these are the same people also that are getting all these business credit credit cards that are personal guarantee as well. And they don't realize that. And they're just charging, 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 charging. And it's going to be nasty, man, because I don't think any of them, when they get that refund this year, it ain't going to look like what they think it's going to look like. (laughs) And I remember I got a bunch of DMs from that. Like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, you know, I mean, like, so, so, uh, you know, we're not saying it's free. Like we have to pay for it, of course, but, you know, we'll get it back on our tax refund. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I don't have time <laughs> to even go deep into that because I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be an accountant. So I don't, I don't even follow up on stuff like that. I just make it aware like, yo, this ain't free y'all. And I'm going to leave it yeah. at that. I'll let, the, <clears throat> I'll let the accountants be the professionals, but I know enough to know like y'all are, some of y'all are putting out misinformation and some of y'all are putting out misleading information to get people into your, your masterminds and all this other stuff. And it's going to get a lot of people, man, and, you know, in a really bad situation. And when they're posting these cars, like I know the business credit game really well because I've been building business credit for my business. There's cars that I've turned down because they were PG. And these people are posting, them, just got approved for this, just got approved for that. Just got, I'm like, those are, that's PG, that's PG, that's PG, that's PG. You know, and it's just like, you know, and they're just living life. You know, you're seeing them with bags now. You're seeing them with, you know, you're seeing them with stuff you don't normally see on their timeline. And you're just like, okay, <laughs> all right, you know, and it is what it is, man. What, what, I was Charles, I'm interested to hear, what are your thoughts about this whole, <coughs> you know, business credit, Mercedes G-Wagon movement that's going on right now? Because it's like, to me, that's a, that's a pandemic in itself. 
Yeah. I was on the Explore page today and I saw this lady. The title of the post was how you can get like free designer paid for by your business. And she was like, step one, start a business and get an LLC and then get an EIN and then get an accountant and then go buy some designer and your accounts will figure out how to write it off on your taxes. And everybody in the DMs, everybody in the comments was like, oh, that's so deep. I need to know that. I need to get me an accountant. And I was like, <laughs> I was like confused. I, man, I don't really, I, I think that it has to make sense for your business. If you are earning your leisure, if you're Doug Depp, if you're somebody who has a huge tax liability, that's going to end up having to pay a bunch of taxes because they made a bunch of money, then it might make sense. Because the way that the tax code, like with the accelerated accelerated depreciation, essentially what was happening is it would offset taxes you're going to be paying anyway. Right. But if you don't have any revenue, if you don't have a business, all you're creating is a bill. And so you're going to be spending money that that business needs to actually grow into a successful business. It's not a thriving business just yet. You're just creating an expense that doesn't even add value to your company. If any value that it's adding, it's just adding for lifestyle marketing. But it's not actually truly of use and of servicing your business. I saw something and they were saying, like, you're going to have a hard time justifying why that G-Wagon is going to help whatever business you have where that's unrelated to it. It has to be a function in your business. It can't just be something nice to have. And so I want to say I bought a semi-truck and I'm able to write off the semi-truck. But the semi-truck is an asset. The semi-truck is bringing in revenue into my business. And so that was the purpose of buying it. Um, The car that I bought, I'm able to depreciate the Lexus, but the Lexus is a true vehicle. And so that makes sense. And so my problem is that people are giving people advice that isn't sound investment advice. It's cool. It looks good. You can post it on the gram, but it's actually a liability. It's a 100% liability. It's not adding value to your brand. Unless you're doing something like what King Ashley Ann is doing, where she's buying a bunch of cars that can be rental cars. But even that's kind of a scary game right now because Turo has been very slow right now. And you never really know because we went through a phase where a lot of the, the rental car companies were constricting. And so there weren't even any rental cars. And so you might have seen like a faux boom in, in rental car demand that might not be there long term. Because when I first started using Turo, I used Turo because I couldn't get a rental car. It was sold out everywhere. The only, way I can, only place I can get a car, I just got my Gumroad email. Only way I can get a car was through um, through Turo, but that's not going to always be the case. And so you have people who saw something temporary, went and bought ten cars, and they don't realize like that demand's not going to always exist. But now you got ten car notes, so I'm not a fan of it. I, I just think it's silly. I don't think I, that's not the way I market my business, as the people can obviously tell. But I don't know. I think it's going to end bad, and I, that was one of the things I saw, even with the business credit hustle. It's like, okay, you're telling people to get a bunch of business credit on an idea that's not yet proven. If it's real estate, if it's something that has a tangible asset that you can liquidate if you need be so you can take care of that credit, that's great. I think a lot of people react to a bunch of credit card debt. And what happens on the internet is when people take L's, they go quiet. They don't share the L. So folks be taking L's on the low. They'll never tell you. All you see is the big baller lifestyle. You don't even see the credit card balances. You didn't even see the negative stuff. All you see is like, oh, I'm here now. I'm there now. I'm doing this now. But it's not all like that. So I think you just got to do what makes sense for you. And that's why it's important to become educated for yourself. It's important to become informed for yourself because you need to not only be able to do the things that are going to work for you, but you also got to be able to maneuver around the things that don't make sense. It's kind of like that post where it said like, you didn't get hacked. You just try to turn 300 into 3,000. A lot of people aren't educated enough. So some retard slides in their DM talking about Bitcoin and they're wiring them a thousand dollars. Like, bro, like you got to know 
to see through these things, not just to 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 do well, but also to protect yourself. Right. Uh, that's so, so crazy. Folks are like, is this you? Like, fam, that's not me, man. Don't even ask me. Like, you know it's not me. Over in your DMs talking about send me a thousand dollars for a deposit. Charles, you said location independence matters. I need to make money everywhere, not just in one location. Um, I don't think people know that it even exists for you to have the ability to make money no matter where you are, because we're so used to working a job in a certain location. And so it's like a freedom that I don't think people knew was a possibility. And that's why I want to wake people up to that fact, knowing that it's possible to be wherever the hell I am right now in Los Angeles, I still am able to generate income or to be in San Diego, still generate income to be in Texas and Georgia, wherever we are. And so I mentioned it because I want people to aspire towards that. I realize that that's one perk of entrepreneurship that we don't talk about. All we talk about is the sex stuff. We don't talk about like how freeing it is. It's, I saw Annalisa had said, if somebody had a post that said, if I have a job that's working from home, the last place I'm going to be is home. So I was like, I don't want to be home. I want to be everywhere but home because I have the luxury of earning money if I'm in France, if I'm in Spain, wherever I am. Let's live. That's the living that we all want to be able to not take a break from your income, but still live life. That's what I want for us all. Yeah. But George, you said most people who won't start a brand and teach what they know is because out of the billions of people in the world, you feel like there's no one else left for you to impact. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, <laughs> people feel like there's no more people left, you know, cause you got the whole crowd of no one's going to want to hear that from me or, you know, I don't have enough people that follow me or someone's already doing that. And they literally think that all these lanes are just taken. You know, what we got to realize, man, is that even the stuff that we're talking about tonight and the stuff that we've talked about on social media, even some of the most basic stuff people still don't know about. Some people don't even know business credit even exists. You know what I'm saying? They think everything has to go through personal credit. Some people don't even know that's a thing. Some people don't even know that you can put yourself as an employee. Some people don't know that you can have your own online academy. There's people that there's still millions of people that don't know all this stuff that we talk about on social media. They just don't. So until people kind of get into this concept, man, of understanding that there's still more people in the world to impact, they're going to feel that they don't have anything left to give. And so they're going to accept whatever they can accept because they feel that's the only thing that's there for them. And that's a bad space to be in. Because now you're, you're, you're in the most vulnerable position because now people can manipulate you at every level because you don't think there's no other level to go to. And that's just kind of where it's at right now. We're in the country club. I think one of the sad parts <laughs> is sometimes you can work jobs that knit you into something that's so specific that your value does kind of go down. At least your perceived value goes down where it's very difficult to go to a different firm if you've only been niched down into just like, I just... I tap this little rod into the wheel and that's it. I think that's what entrepreneurship opens you up to. It can be over overwhelming because you do have to do a lot. But the more skills you have, the more money you can make. And so people say like, well, how are you able to teach so many courses? Because I do a lot of stuff as an entrepreneur. And so like when George is going through the inventory of everything that he does, like he can teach a course on every single thing that he does to fun to generate it, to make his business profitable. I was like, man, like all that stuff is an individual course, running ads, that's a course, setting up landing page, that's a course, setting up funnels, that's a course. All these different things is education and experience that is marketable. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It's the truth. It's the truth. Get up there and get it. Now, you're going to wrap this up. You had the brother 
with us basically for in reality like three hours <laughs> including <laughs> the, late over there man including the mastermind call we had this brother teaching us for like nine i mean three hours straight <laughs> man i enjoyed it man i really did i enjoyed it for a lot of value man for sure and just like to um say guys if you're listening subscribe to the podcast go to apple Podcasts and Give us a review. Give us a five-star rating. You know, bump us back up on these charts. We are making moves in uh, South Africa, Jamaica. Um, we in and out the top 100 for entrepreneurship in the United States. It's fluctuating, but we got to get a permanent spot in there. Got to crack the top 50 this year. Top 20 I'm aiming for already, but, you know, give us a review. Bump us up there. Subscribe. Share with the friends. Subscribe to the YouTube you know, follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P O D. Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Real Todd Billion because he's the only one that set no substitutes. Follow our guest, George Pitts, on Twitter at Mr. George Pitts. Like I said, subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and also at Todd.Capital. Follow our guest, George, on Instagram at Mr. Monetize Everything. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Mr. Monetize Everything. Follow us. Come join the country club, man. (laughs) Raphael, before you hit him with the last tweet, I wanted to say this, and I meant to mention this, but I was talking to Torrance, and I don't Mm -hmm. know if you listened to the podcast. I think he did. He sent me a, a message early in the morning, and he said that he had just bought a car, but he bought it through business credit. And he bought it under, well, I don't know if he said business credit, but he basically said he bought it under his business name. He said he walked in there. He told him that he wanted to buy it under his business name. They gave him a half a sheet of paper. They approved him like that. He said he'll never buy a car outside of his business name again. And the reason why he shared that with me is because we were talking about in the previous episode how the world actually benefits business owners and they bend over backwards for business owners more so than they do individuals. And that was just an example of uh, that ringing true versus how we think like, oh, well, all we've ever known is W-2 lifestyle. So we think W-2 is the way to go when in actuality, especially companies like Mercedes-Benz, all they deal with is business owners. There's not a lot of employees buying S-classes. It's not a lot. <laughs> so with that, Raphael, take us out. Take us out. Yeah, so like I said, come join the country club, man. And the admission is just hard work. That's about it. That's a bar. The admission is just hard work. And and creating something and putting something out there into the world. Yep. You got to tweet that. Damn, I already forgot it. (laughs) 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 You know, but anyway, uh, I'm going to leave you guys with one last tweet from our guest, Mr. George Pitts. Follow him on Twitter. I'm Mr. George Pitts. He said, you're only one digital product and a viral post away from everything changing in your business. Hashtag keep working. For episode 118 of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast with your host, Raphael and Charles, and our guest, Mr. George Pitts, a.k.a. Mr. Monetize Everything. Thank you. We are out. Peace. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm give you a real, real nice deal. 
but you have to mention that you're a Tweak Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweak Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.